You are listening to the Golden Voice Podcast, and I'm your host, Jarvis Smith. We're here for the third episode of the podcast, and man, it still feels so good to say that, but I couldn't have said that without you. So thank you so much for checking out that last episode. And if you're new to the Golden Voice podcast, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time, and I hope you check out our previous episodes featuring Sleigh Bells and Cam Girl. Now on that note, I'm going to check in with you during the outro because I'm stoked to get this week's conversation and episode started. Because today, we're speaking to a guest who came from the MySpace era of music distribution and playlist curation and took the world by storm with her singles Ready to Uff and Pop the Glock. If you were lucky, you might have seen this guest on tour with her cowboy boots on because she was a part of the iconic record label Ed Banger Records and collaborated with such artists as Pharrell, Justice, Sebastian, and DJ Feeds during her come up. And if that isn't exciting enough, this guest just released her latest single Cool and is working on more new material with Toro Inwa's label Company Records. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's one of the original trendsetters of Blog House, Uffy. And earlier this year, I had a chance to speak with her about her childhood, the whole entire wave that she had during the MySpace era of music, her memories touring, her hiatus from music, her return to music, and what fans can anticipate from her new material. So let's go ahead and get the pot of Uff started. Uffy. If you don't mind, please take it away and tell us about your childhood. Um, It was pretty wild. I think it's one of those things that I was actually talking to my sister about this the other day. Like, I think all of our lives to us when we're kids are kind of normal because it's what you know. You have no nothing to compare it to. But we definitely lived a very adventurous life. Um, I was born in Florida, but moved to Hong Kong when I was about four. Um, And went to a public Cantonese school, which was pretty awesome, but also, like, quite scary and a whole new journey. Um, And sailed, uh, ended up about to sail around the world and ended up in a boat crash where we, it was during a typhoon and everyone was fine, was safe, but we ended up living in the Philippines for a while while we waited for new documents And like, it was just a really, really incredible time, like as scary as that can be, because, you know, you, you just learn about so many different cultures, you become such an open person. And at that age, I think you can take the magic and the adventure from that more than like now as a mom, I would be horrified (laughs) going through that with kids, but it was really amazing. Um, Yeah. But we just traveled a ton my parents, like, we would do quote-unquote homeschooling, <laughs> but really just, like, sail around, have adventures, and it was really fun. But also, like, on the flip side of that, we really didn't have a lot of stability, and, like, my sister was my best friend, um, and we changed schools a whole lot. So I think that, like, kind of prepared me to move into, like, a touring-type life, 
much easier later. Man, that's so phenomenal. I, I, that's one thing I didn't even know about your background, looking, just doing my research a little bit more, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, you have a whole life just living on a boat in the sea. It's like some Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, type of thing I'm getting to me right now. That's phenomenal. So I got to ask, you know, sticking to just your childhood, what were like some of the hobbies or interests that you had at that time too? You know, I know you said you spent a lot of time with your sister. So like, what were y'all like getting into uh, during that time? We had a little market going. <laughs> Um, we lived on a fishing village called Ping Chow and would like sell all of our toys, um, kind of just like run around, play in construction sites, <laughs> madness. But I also loved um, dancing. I was very into ballet mainly for, wow, a good 10 years of my life. Um, dance, art of all kinds. Um, had a pretty good Swiss Army knife collection. <laughs> My favorite was a little yellow one. <laughs> um, yeah. So now I'm kind of curious to know, and, and don't excuse me if I'm jumping leaps and bounds here, but like, you know, what was that standout moment in your life that made you want to start creating music? When did that kind of come into your life from, from your Avengers from the sea to, to now becoming and being interested in, in writing music? You know, when you think about your background in dance and everything like that. Well, I also always loved writing history, poetry, and as well as fashion. And I really thought I would either go become a novelist or work in fashion in some capacity. And those both kind of tied in <laughs> to when music came around. Um, I was going to high school in Paris, but I wasn't really going. <laughs> I was a big school skipper. Um, and ended up organizing a party at this venue called the Rex Club in Paris. Um, I used to love going there and kind of discovered techno there, really, because I was very loved hip hop. My first CD was Bone Thugs and Harmony. Nice. Yeah. Um, so good. Yes, <laughs> and I just didn't really know about like that whole other side of music until moving to France and discovering it, I think, in the best way, which was underground nightclubs that stayed open until like six but it was just such a crazy energy I'd never seen and um as I was skipping school I started organizing parties and booked um DJ feeds for Mad Banger to play and we ended up hanging and just seeing like getting introduced to that whole I think more like community almost mm -hmm. Um, and Paris is such a small scene. So just like really getting to know DJing and all of that through these incredible artists just made me fall in love with this. And when Fees asked me to write my first song, which ended up being Pop the Glock, it was just so fun. And I think I, even at that time, it didn't occur to me, wow, this could be a job because <laughs> it was just so fun and magical. And I just kind of kept going from there. And it, so I think it was kind of like a big turning point for me in becoming a young adult and discovering this like movement and sound that pulled me into getting into music. When you think about that 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 time when you were coming up, and, and I'm, I'm looking at an interview that you did with, with The Fader, you mentioned how when you created Pop the Glock, you felt like, you know, you thought that was going to be, you know, your 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 first and only song that you created. 
I just wanted a MySpace profile. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? I, I feel you. Know? Yeah. I remember that. You know, you get the MySpace music player, you make it to somebody's top eight, or maybe yes. someone will choose choose your song as their, like, profile song. That was a big deal. So it's like, when you think about Pop the Clock and then you later would do Ready to Uff, you know, when you think about those songs, you know, did you ever think that your music would connect with so many people the way that it did? Hell no. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, it was it was so beautifully naive in that in the creation um you know we would just sit in like the shitty apartment in La Chapelle that would be so cold in the winter with all of our favorite vinyls and just make these songs and especially like with Ready to Off never did I imagine I would be seeing that on stage for years and I think there is this beautiful again naivety to that where there was no second guessing mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of like why that touched so many people and I guess has like, like still has influenced some things is it was such a kind of like new point in music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like, I feel like, you know, in that 07 period, it just, I was living, you know, I, I'm, I'm based in California now, but I was living in uh, Illinois and, uh, you know, in uh, Chicago, the music scene was definitely changing in Chicago. I started seeing a lot more of just like, like artists like Kit Sister and two yeah. DJs and so many different artists that were coming up in that time. It's also like, you know, that, the era of like, you know, uh, Kanye West sampling Daft Punk and this, that having yeah. this life of its own. And then you've seen all these new artists that are coming are just not necessarily new to us in the States, but like coming from that, that French style as you, as you're a part of it and just the, you know, all the different acts, you know, uh, Kavinsky and Sebastian yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 so, and, and with justice, et cetera, all coming within that, within that you know, timeline and just seeing all that. And then you yourself, you had such an amazing, you know, like just, you, just that time was so crazy because you were doing so many different shows. I mean, how many shows do you think you did during that time, Muffy? Damn, I have no idea. I do know we were literally just writing to keep up with having stuff to play. It would definitely be a few days a week minimum. And in Europe, you could just hop around and there is just endless club culture. By the way, speaking of, did you ever go to Beauty Bar in Chicago? Oh, I never got to go to the Beauty Bar. Um, I was definitely very familiar because I went to this art school called Columbia College Chicago. So I would always hear about, you know, either my friends having like a DJ set or something like that. But I wasn't heart in the heart of the city. So I would commute into the city. But so I was never got a chance to go there. But I'm definitely familiar with that. Metro, Double Door, uh, yeah. you know, all, all the all the legendary venues. I would imagine like you just, you, you offed up all the clubs, you know, pun intended, <laughs> you know, during that time. I mean, it was such a good era yeah no i i think that's so awesome like i I would like to know just from like your experiences like what were you seeing with the fans as you were connected with the playing songs like pop the glock and ready to up what what was the energy that you were feeling from the fans during that period i think i was just so young and quite shy still so to me it was so much easier to like bring people on stage or jump in the crowd and make it just feel more like a house party and people were just so fucking down to like dance to scream they like did not care what anyone else was thinking and they just turned turned up and turned up you know yeah yeah it was amazing yeah and then of course i know you performed at coachella in 2008 and that was a legendary performance in itself uh you had a chance to even be on stage with little brother from correct uh, during yes. that how, how did that how did that come all about because that was like that blew my mind when i, when I found that out <laughs> 
Um, I think we just like wanted to collab on that show and there, there was not much rehearsal time. So like what I loved about it is um, DJ Muddy was there, like miss him, but it was just kind of that old school MC DJ vibe of just like everybody kind of doing their thing, feeding off each other's energy. Yeah. And yeah, magical. We did one like that with two live crew once too in Miami. Gee. <laughs> at a winter music conference. That was like a dream. Leading up to that debut album, then, you know, um, you know, what was what was what was the, I guess, the the thought process going into that debut album of yours in 2010, you know, Sex Dreams and Denim Dreams? I mean, that record was in a way made over so many lifespans, like emotionally. And at the beginning, I didn't even realize we were making an album. <laughs> You know, it's just uh, uh, collecting songs. And I really, around the end of that, had met Mirwes. And we started working together. And I love how this record kind of showed, like, where these first songs started with, like, Feeds, Sebastian, Mr. Wezzo, and kind of moved throughout that and showed that journey. But the process, I think, like it was just kind of collecting moments and inspirations and like bringing them into from the journey we'd been on that got us there. And like, one thing I really miss is random side note, but um, like DJs who, when they used to mix on with vinyl (laughs) and um, I was like, I remember everyone would get caught if they're traveling without tourist visa or without work visas because they would have this like big box of vinyls. (laughs) It was very obvious, but the cool thing with that was part, like part of that art form was hunting through basements to earn like little record stores, finding them to find like dope underground records. Nobody had. And I think, like, I wanted to bring elements of that, um, and, like, that personality into the record. So it was kind of just summed up that journey. And then, like, we met, we got Pharrell on it, which was an absolute dream come true. Then, like, Maddie Safer from Rapture, who had traveled and toured the world with us. It was just kind of like a diary of that youth going through that madness as a teenager then it coming out like after I became a young mom. So it was, yeah, there was a lot. In there. <laughs> and that's so cool for you to say that too. Cause it's like the way that sometimes your vocal, your vocals sound just on records. It sounds like it's, it's, you know, it sounds like a sample, right? It's, it's just the way that you, the way that some of your vocals get delivered, you know, uh, just thinking yeah. about art, art of Uff, it just, it sounds like the way that it comes in, it sounds like it's a sample record. And, but like, that's just the styling of your voice. So I think that's really cool that you talk about that. And like, it, it, it's too, it, and it's, when I think about that album, I really feel like I was getting, immersed into like that French underground sound just like just the way that it felt it felt like yeah this is like yes. something that I'm not used to but I'm learning that the culture the the, the just the, the the styling of the language and stuff like that and even watching the videos too it was just picking up on all these things so it was a very influential time an inspiring time and just seeing everything that you've done including working with Pharrell you know it was just so so phenomenal uh just to see all that come come together uh you know but but at the same time you know there was a period where you did you know, take a step back from music. And, and I'm just kind of curious to know what happened and what was going on in your life during that time where you did take a step back after all these highlights. I, th- I think it was just too many highlights at once. Um, you know, like, I think like half of the Pop the Glock video 
was done before I got pregnant and the other half is right after I had her. So it was just like this long process and trying to like get physically and mentally back in shape after having my first kid, like as a single parent um, at like 20, 21 to get ready to release this record and tour and support it. It took a massive toll on me, like starting three months after having my daughter to hit the road and like be gone half the week on tour and then come back and like learn how to be a parent. It was just a lot. And so like that was taking its toll. I definitely started dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and it just like wasn't fun anymore. And I think like at that point, which like, which it is, you know, when you're releasing a record, like that's, it's a lot of showing up for it, not like hiding in the studio and writing about your feelings. <laughs> so like, I think that just took its toll. And then um, I found out like, I think like towards the end of touring that record that my mom um, had cancer and she was, so I took some time off to go be with her. We had a tricky relationship and it felt like a time to heal that. And she, unfortunately, I found out passed away the day I got back to France, where I also found out I was pregnant with my second child, my son. <laughs> so it was just so much that I felt like after doing this from like 16, 17, I needed to just learn to be a person. And so I just took this, I just took a break, moved to the desert, <laughs> like didn't talk to anyone and just like painted and cooked and made clothes all day uh, for like a year or so. And it was amazing. And I think like I just needed that time. And I like, I'm glad I took it because I think otherwise, you know, like to me, music has always been about like being truthful, like about who you are and expressing that in a fun way you want to. And if you lose that, that joy, it's, it's, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's, that's such a part of the the life experience that, that gets brought into mm -hmm. to some of the best music is just really taking that time away from life. And, you know, you, you always get the comments maybe from people who are like the bandwagon fans or whatever, like, oh, this person is no longer active. They fell off. They're not doing this, whatever. But no, they're taking time for, for life, you know, and that's, that's, you know, you know, you want this quality music. It comes from somewhere. And sometimes it's yeah. just bigger than just the music, even though overall, it's just like, you know, this, this, artists that we admire we like is is a person too and they have to keep totally. that in mind as well to, to stay to say to stay healthy to stay moving forward and you know yeah. just speaking about that time you were you're saying you're, you're out there in the desert from 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 a research here you're in joshua's tree out there in the desert yeah uh very cool place uh, a lot of memories <laughs> very out there. hot yes very hot we, we spent a lot of time out there uh for for coachella and stage coast so a lot of a lot of great yes. memories out there i like salvation mountain but but nevertheless joshua tree is, is awesome too and uh but you also mentioned at one point you 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 enrolled, um, I learned you enrolled into school during this uh, hiatus period. Um, you yeah. know, what, what were you, was there like a moment where you were like, I might not want to come back to music or was it just like, I want to pursue some other interests during this, during this time off? I think I just wanted to use a completely different part of my brain and have options, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I was kind of just like not even thinking and just going through like trusting the flow of what I wanted to do. Um, I'm definitely someone who like dives first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I've always been really interested in science, um, biology, just all different aspects. And so I started to study that there. 
And that definitely became funny to say this now, became like quite interested in viruses. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I did that for a while and it was really, really fun and fulfilling. I actually interned at the Living Desert Zoo. Oh, wow. Out there, um, which was so fun. Yeah. Um, I got some bobcats to do a painting. You put down like cardboard and paint. Yeah. And they run back and forth if you dangle food. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, it was all really, really fun. Yes. But I then really started to miss like what I what's normal life for me like music and just being a part of that constantly and like it definitely started to trickle back in and I was like okay this was a fun break but not really for me (laughs) but then you know come in 2000 you know I would say even 2017 through 2020 uh you you your 2020 you you had like this this research it's definitely 2019 you released you know Tokyo um you know Love Hotel you know there was just so many moments and, and you even had the amazing noise pop uh, gig uh you know in San Francisco oh, so you know so it's like what were you when you think about your sound now around this time of this new album that you released at this period you know what were you what was your outlook on music at this time versus you know the past in the past I was so much more about being on stage and I definitely was making music thinking about playing it live and like I just wanted it all to be like I don't don't, like quite like abstract in that sense with thinking about shows where this time around being doing music in LA is quite different just the experience of it I mean like I, I co-write songs for other artists now and I didn't even know that that was a thing, <laughs> you know, like um, it was a very different scene. So I got to work with some amazing people here, but it was very like a very interesting and educational process in terms of music, working, like spending so much time in studios, first of all, and with like so many different people. It was very interesting. And I think like the first year or two leading up to Tokyo Love Hotel, I just wanted to experiment and kind of see what felt right. Cause I wanted there to be some, like definitely a nod and stay true to the roots of who I am. Cause like, even though I'm, I'm like an adult now and whatnot, I'm still like quite a punk person and in spirit and heart. And I wanted to carry that, but also like have it grow in maturity a bit, I guess. So I definitely spent some time like figuring that out, trying new things um, and just having fun with it. Where like right now I'm working on, I would say like what I would call like my official new album after returning that like I feel all of these records have kind of helped lead up to finding this sound that I'm so excited about. Yeah, man, that's that's so phenomenal to hear. And, and just just still sticking to Tokyo Love Hotel, I, I really enjoyed, you know, Sharpie and, and Paper Cuts. And, you know, just that's what I picked up on, too. It's just like I feel like the songwriting, like I can I can I can hear that a lot more along with the yeah. singing, but just like the songwriting. I'm like, you're here hearing there's 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 some more depth to these lyrics and, and stuff like yeah. that. And just the personal nature of it and what have you. And, and, and those records really stood out to me. And now, you know, sticking now, now going to your new material. And, and I'm kind of curious to know, like, you know, hearing about this, what are some of the newer things that, that you're bringing into this new material that, that you're excited about? I'm so excited. <laughs> um, it's so I went away with, 
I, well, I took my daughter to um, Portugal to visit her dad. They hadn't seen each other in a while during the pandemic and was able to meet um, a producer that I love from Norway called Lokoy, who has a sick artist project as well. And we kind of just locked ourselves up in this tiny beach town in Portugal <laughs> for two weeks and pumped out a record or uh, like the beginning of the record, I guess you could say, the demo forms. And it's... It's a sound that I have never heard before, which I'm really excited about. Like, it definitely still has nods and respect to kind of like the lifeline that has been Afi, but it has this new energy that kind of is everything I want it to be in terms of like excitement, sonics, visually. We started working on the videos for it that I'm so, like, it's so hard to sit on these things. <laughs> But um, but it's just like taking all those boxes and it feels so confident and honest, like when I hear myself and whenever I listen back and he, whether it's lyrics or like the way that I'm singing, I can hear uh, like if I was uncomfortable or like sad during that moment, even if it's not obvious, like I attached the memory of when we were making it to that. And this just like hits all of those how I would dream it would for for me. And like I'm hoping that that connects with everyone else the same. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and you know, too, with all your experiences, you know, you know, in, in, the, in the industry and just your career that expands over 15 years, you know, what is the lasting impact that you want your music to have, you know, with your fans or with an audience when, when you when you get on that stage? I want, like, to me, the most important thing is a connection, a spark. And, like, I want people, like, obviously to enjoy and remember a really good show. But more than that, like, something that it made them feel, like, spark and awoke within themselves. And I think, like, that freedom that people feel at these shows to just, like, let loose and fully be themselves, like, and the confidence you feel while accepting that, like to bring that into their life and like hold on to that feeling. Yeah. I could talk to you forever, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. But, but, and just know that whatever you do next, we're excited to see it. And I just can't wait to get a chance to see you back on this stage. Absolutely. So, oh, thank you so much. Yes. Yes. I appreciate it so much, Uffy. Please, please continue to do great things out there and be well for sure. Oh, thanks. You too. Ooh, and there you have it, the Uffy interview. My goodness, it was such an honor to speak to Uffy. It was, it was just truly special. I mean, my favorite part of the interview was hearing Uffy reminisce about just that early time of her career getting started. Pop the Glock is coming out. She's getting all that attention and just hitting the hitting the club scene. I mean, just she was really killing things out there, tearing it up heavy, just the constant touring and just everything about that era that was happening during that time. I remember just reading about it, it being introduced to all the different blogs that were popping up everywhere. So to be able to finally hear from Uffy's perspective was really cool and super special. So shout out to you, Uffy, for killing it. And shout out for you, Uffy, for just being so chill and coming to the Golden Voice podcast and kicking with us for a few minutes and just sharing some stories and just sharing your insight about yourself and your life and your career. It's truly amazing. And it's just such an honor to be able to hear from you and speak with you. Now, of course, if you want to tap in with Uffy, you can definitely do that through Instagram because Uffy is there on Instagram. Just follow her at Uffy Official. That's Uffy Official. And official is not with an O, but it's with a U. 
official, okay? So tap in with her there, all right? And then of course she has that brand new single that's out. It's called Cool and it's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other major music streaming platforms. So go ahead and check it out because it's a super dope song. And then of course, she has the music video as well for Cool on YouTube as well. So please go ahead and check that out because the video is super dope. The song is super dope and it's just a vibe. You know, you gotta, you gotta check that record out. It, it's phenomenal. I love it so much. And of course, I enjoy Uffy's music so much, but I wanna hear from you. What's your favorite Uffy song? My favorite one outside of Cool, of course, the latest single is The Art of Uff. I mean, that song is just phenomenal. I talked about it quite a few times uh, throughout this interview. It's such a dope song. Everything that she did was, was truly phenomenal, but definitely The Art of Uff was one of my favorite ones. So I want to know what, from you, what was that favorite song for you from Uffy? Go ahead and just let us know in that five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. And if they don't have a reviewing system or a rating system or a comment section for you to go ahead and leave a nice little comment for us, go ahead and just send it to us through our social media platform as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Golden Voice, because we would love to know what was your favorite Uffy song. And of course, right here in the outro, I'm going to tap in with you before I sign off, all right? Because there's so much still happening from the month of October as we get ready to close out the month of October for the end of Rocktober. Now, we talked about all these other dope shows, but guess what? The dopeness does not stop here at Golden Voice, okay? It keeps on going because we have so many more amazing shows that are coming down. How about Glad Animals at the Santa Barbara Bowl on the 28th of October. Huh? That's, that's pretty dope. But if that wasn't good enough, how about the locks at the Novo? Whoo! Did y'all see that versus battle? Man, the locks fire. Shout out to the Novo team. That's going to be a super dope show. And we still have so much more heat to come to end out the month of October. So go ahead and tap in with us at goldenvoice.com. Once again, that's goldenvoice.com to find out about all those amazing shows that are still happening to end the month of October for October. But of course, we're not done just yet. We keep rolling with these shows here, all right? Because we just announced an amazing new event called Culture Jam sports and music festival that is going to be happening at the shrine okay and that's going to be taking place on the 21st of november 2021 it's going to be truly amazing it's in collaboration with Kawhi leonard i mean and it's going to be so dope the lineup is super fire you got trippy red you got corday you got so many other amazing artists that are on that lineup you cannot go wrong so tap in with us on goldenvoice.com to get information about that event and go ahead and purchase some tickets because that one is truly going to be special right there. I mean, it's a beautiful collaboration of sports and music. Big shout out to the Don Dada himself, Marcus Johnson, putting that one together. Big shout out to him. And if that wasn't enough, go ahead, like I said before, tap in with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Golden Voice on all three of those platforms, okay? And of course, I want to say thank you for listening to our last episode with Cam Girl. That still was such an awesome episode to hear from her and speak with her. And also, I want to give a big shout out to Tony for leaving a very nice Facebook comment about that episode as well. I'm digging that you're digging the podcast, okay? I'm really digging it. So, man, I appreciate you for checking us checking us out and everyone else as well. You know, just, just big shout out to all y'all. You know, we're here episode three because of y'all. Y'all tuning in, y'all checking out, and we appreciate that that right there okay and of course you know you can find the golden voice podcast on apple 
and Spotify podcast platforms and all other major podcast platforms because we'll definitely be there. And if you're really feeling this content and you're enjoying what you're hearing, go ahead and just leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review because we would love to hear from you. I definitely would love to shout you out. And again, I just like hearing from your recommendations. What would y'all into, which I've been up to? Go ahead, tap in with me, okay? I would love to know. And it goes without saying, a big shout out to our podcast team. That's our executive producers, Amanda and Rhea. That's our marketing team, Lindsay, Kristen, Moppy, and Maddie. That's our artwork and creative, Saish and Trevor. That's our press team, Shay and Taji holding it down. And of course, you. Like I always say, we're in this together. We're here because of you. So again, let us know how you're feeling. Tap in with us on social media. Tap in with us through your five-star review and your comment right there because we would love to hear from you, all right? We really do appreciate you checking us out and just giving us a little bit of your time as always. And now, as we get ready to keep things going right here for the Golden Voice Podcast, on episode four, we're going to have the super amazing, super talented rock star, Sizzy Rocket, come to the podcast and chop it up with us. I had a great time speaking with Sizzy Rocket. It was actually my first time really getting introduced to her music and learning more about her. So the stories that she got to share, I was super glued in because it was just really absorbing in a new talent. So as I always like to say, we're going to keep the momentum going right here for the Golden Voice podcast we're gonna come back to you next wednesday with that amazing episode featuring sissy rocket but until then if you don't know by now i'm your host jarvis smith this is the golden voice podcast and i'm out